Welcome to Swing Left Nebraska. We are the regional chapter of Swing Left dedicated to engaging the community and helping Democratic candidates win in Nebraska. The radical Republicans voted against climate change measures, banned books, they voted against access to birth control, stripped away abortion rights, they voted against LGBT and interracial marriage freedom, and they are just getting started. They've introduced over 440 voter suppression bills because the radical Republicans know they can't win with their harmful and unpopular policies. They are shamelessly trying to grab power by using fraud, fear, and fascism. We must turn our anger into action and move from resistance to persistence. You'll be hearing from pro-democracy candidates and local leaders who will fight for a more inclusive and prosperous Nebraska. We're here to offer you information, inspiration, and tools you need to motivate Democratic-leaning voters to show up on November 8th to vote them out. Let's mobilize, let's take action, let's go! Hello, what's up? My name is Leah, and I am a Swing Left Nebraska volunteer and your host. Thank you for joining me today. In this episode, I speak to Natalie Weiss, She's the chair of the Nebraska Stonewall Democrats, a caucus within the Nebraska Democratic Party dedicated to electing pro-LGBT Nebraska Democratic candidates and advocating for LGBT governmental issues. I spoke with Natalie back in July when she first became chair. We had an awesome discussion about the Nebraska Stonewall Democrats and the work that she has been doing with the FAIR ordinance in Lincoln. Be sure to stick around till the end so you can hear Natalie's mic drop message she has for disengaged voters, third-party voters, and, you know, those folks that like to say Republicans and Democrats are the same, so it's just, like, not worth voting. You definitely don't want to miss it. And be sure to share her message with any of your pals in your life that you know need to hear that message. So let's do the show thing. Hello, Natalie. Thank you so much for taking some time out today. Let's go ahead and start with the obligatory. Tell me a little bit about yourself question. But I'm also curious about your political journey. Like, where did you start? What got you interested in politics? And what are you up to now? Yeah, I'm a lifelong Lincolnite. I came out as trans in my late 20s. I was about 28, I think. Prior to that, I had been an actor. I, I pursued a career in the theater. And then when I came out, life changed very quickly. And I started trying to find out what my other talents might be. I got into fundraising and started volunteering for some local races here in Lincoln for mayor. I worked on as a volunteer on a couple governor's races and some state uh, legislative races and got involved with Nebraska Young Democrats and then involved with the National Young Democrats of America in their Stonewall Caucus equivalent, their LGBT National Caucus as vice chair. And then it just I think like a lot of things anybody does, you start doing it and then more opportunities open. I've worked on 
several state legislative campaigns. I've worked on a handful of presidential campaigns now. I've done some work with Nebraska ACLU and out Nebraska, and I've turned into an LGBT politico slash activist with a lot of different hats and have filled a lot of different roles in campaigns from fundraising to outreach to ballot access to canvassing and a couple of things in between. I was recently elected chair of the uh, Nebraska Stonewall Democrats, which is the LGBT caucus, constituency caucus of the Nebraska Democratic Party. And yeah, I think that might be is that, did I answer the question? Did I do it? I think Perfect. that's who I am. Yay, ding, ding. <laughs> so for those listeners that are not familiar with what the Stonewall Democratic Caucus is, can you give us an overview of what it is and what you guys do? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we're the LGBT constituency caucus of the state, Nebraska State Democratic Party. Our goal is to grow our caucus, to bring in more people, more LGBT identified people and allies into our caucus. And then what our caucus does is we offer endorsements for candidates who are running for state and local offices. We have a seat on the executive committee of the state party and we influence policy. We're part of the discussion for how the state sets its platform. The state party sets its platform and how certain money is spent and certain policies that we're chasing or not chasing and those types of things. And it's just our job to represent LGBT people and their interests in the state Democratic Party. That's what we do. I love it. What would you say some of your work that you are most proud of, either from when you were in kindergarten (laughs) Till now, as an activist. (laughs) Another huge open ended question. I was just recently chair of Stonewall Democrats, so I don't have any accomplishments that I can lean back to in that role just yet. I've been around long enough to hold one executive meeting. We haven't really done anything yet. We are working right now on getting some more endorsements out for the general election. And we're looking pretty hard at a group of candidates right now. If there are any candidates listening, please get a hold of me. We're trying to take a look at everyone. We know that we missed some people in the primary. We're trying our best to support our out LGBT Democrats who are running. Just later this year, we've got James Michael Bowers in Lincoln. And of course, Megan Hunt over in Omaha and also John Fredrickson in Omaha, Uh, all three LGBT identified. And we're very happy to be supporting them as well. After these messages, we'll be right back. Early voting is our power sauce in electing Democratic candidates who will fight for freedoms in Nebraska. It's time to talk to voters and let them know they can vote right now in person at their county election commission office and by mail if you request an early ballot. Make phone calls, text, write letters, knock on doors, post social media reminders, grab a blowhorn and shout it out in the streets. It is time to vote. Head to swingleftnebraska.com to learn about the many ways you can join the fight to help get out the vote early and help elect Democratic candidates in Nebraska on November 8th. And we are back. We're also doing our best to support Patty, of course, for CD. 
uh, congressional uh, candidacy and Tony Vargas in CD2. Both of those are great LGBT advocates who we're trying to get into Congress and who would do a lot of really good work mm -hmm. for us if we could get them there. They both have excellent chances and we're excited about both of them. And then of course, our, gov our gubernatorial candidate, Carol Blood, who's got a real tough race against some entrenched Republican interests. And we're doing our best to make sure that we're supporting her as well at the moment accomplishments that I've done. I'm proud of a lot of things that I've gotten to do in my political career. I had a chance to work with the vice president while she was running for president, which was a huge honor. A couple of opportunities to work very closely with her. I had an opportunity to give a speech right before her at a campaign event in Iowa, which of course was a big honor. I also got to work pretty closely with Cory Booker, who is a wonderful guy and tells terrible dad jokes at the end of staff meetings. He holds his staff hostage to do it. It's not okay, Corey. But other than that, he's a really great guy and I loved working with him. I've done some really cool things with ACLU on LGBT equality and without Nebraska and have worked closely with state senators Anna Wishart and Adam Moorfeld on things ranging from LGBT equality to marijuana legalization to work on outlawing revenge porn on the internet, which is something that Adam was working on for a while there. There's been a lot of wins and- Yeah, both, no, no yeah. big deal. Not Nothing really. To no big deal. Yeah. Just a few things here and there. A couple big name drops for your audience there. Had to get them out. Uh, represent. <laughs> uh, I feel like I need your autograph or something. My goodness. Oh, shucks. Oh, no, I'm not like that. <laughs> now I'm like, now I'm like- Two degrees of separation to Mr. Joe Biden. If I know, hey. well, no, you and yeah, yeah, two degrees. That's right. That's awesome. Let's talk about some of the measures that you're working on statewide in Nebraska or intend to work on, and then I want to dig deeper and hone in on some more city things that you're focusing sure. on. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good question. Right now, we're not focused on anything in particular uh, on a statewide. I guess if the caucus did have a focus on a state issue right now, it's it's abortion. We've got us and our political allies are pretty focused on that right now that of course, abortion is an LGBT issue. And that would, I think, be fair to describe as our top state issue right now. Anyway, there are always bills that are popping up that might expand LGBT equality in the states. And of course, always bills popping up that would look to restrict LGBT rights in the state. The caucus is often juggling between supporting some stuff that's in committee while at the same time opposing some stuff in, that's in committee. So it gets jumbled during legislative sessions. And I should reiterate, I am brand new in the role uh, and we are not in legislative cycle right now. So I think it's fair to say that the biggest issue that we're probably focused on as a caucus is throw and to make sure that Nebraska continues for as long as possible to have safe and accessible reproductive uh, choice options for all people who need those things, so. Love it. My name is Leah and I approve that message. So let's dig into some of the local work that you have been doing. Can you discuss the Lincoln Fairness Ordinance? Sure. First of all, I think that I should say that most of my work on this issue is independent of my role with 
the Nebraska Stonewall Democrats and also with the Lancaster County Democratic Party. I'm affiliated with both, but my most of my work with Lincoln's Fairness Ordinance has been independent of both of those organizations. Nebraska Stonewall Democrats did make a resolution before I was elected into the chairmanship that stated that they supported a recension of the Title 11 revisions, which I'll get into what that means here in a moment. And the Lancaster County Democrats also made a similar resolution, which I was part of. I was part of the central committee that voted on that resolution when that happened a couple of months ago. But just people listening are clear, most of my involvement with this is independent of my involvement with democratic politics. And I come to this this issue as, as someone with just experience that has been involved with a lot of the discussions. Lincoln's been trying to do this for decades. Our first vote on a fairness ordinance, which is just We're talking about legal protections against discrimination in housing, employment, and public accommodations for LGBT people. And that in common parlance in Lincoln has just been translated to the Fairness Ordinance. We voted first on something like that in 1982. We got beat pretty badly at the ballot box. I think something like 70 plus 78% to 22 or something along those lines. And that was in 1982. And then we spent several decades not addressing the issue civically. In 2012, our city council and mayor at the time attempted again. The way that Lincoln's city charter is set up. Any decision that the city council makes, citizens have a right to put those decisions up to a vote if enough petitions, if enough signatures are gathered on petitions within 15 days of the city council vote. And I, that does mean literally anything from a zoning change to putting in a new water pipe to something like the Fairness Ordinance. Lincoln citizens have the right to gather signatures to put any decision the city council makes up to a vote. And in 2012, a group called the Nebraska Family Alliance, with some cooperation from the Nebraska Catholic Conference, the NFA, and the NCC, gathered, uh, I think, a little over 10,000 signatures in 2012, which was well above the threshold that they were needing to, to either put the issue up to a vote or for the city council to rescind. That's what happens when citizens gain enough signatures in Lincoln. It goes back to the city council, and the city council has a choice to either rescind the ordinance or the decision or to put the issue up to a vote for the city. And so they got their 10,000 votes in 2012. The city said, whoa, let's, we didn't quite realize how organized NFA was going to be about this. Let's take a breath here and talk about maybe some funding and a campaign. And then a Lincoln resident is a lesbian, staged a home invasion and attack on herself that her story was that it was motivated by anti-LGBT bigotry. And there was a police report filed. She went to the hospital and an investigation was launched and it was discovered that she had staged the entire thing against herself. And in that in conjunction with the fact that the city was already considering that we probably needed to get some money put together and get a campaign put together, the city council just decided to not address the issue at all. The city charter doesn't stipulate a time frame between signatures being gathered and a vote needing to be held in the city council on whether they rescind or hold a vote. So what the city council did in 2012 is they just decided to do neither and they just let the issue sit. And then we fast forward to about 2019, 2018, ACLU uh, 
did a held a canvas that was directed by myself. We went to Lincoln voters and talked about the possibility of putting something like this up to a vote. Again, we got some data back from that, which wasn't exactly encouraging, but not exactly heartbreaking either. There was room to move forward, but it was going to take some work. And we spoke with city councilors in the end of 2018 into 2019 about the possibility of maybe introducing something again. And we were trying to explain that it wasn't really a sure thing and we would need some significant funding and a pretty organized campaign if we wanted to move forward. And a decision was made to not do it at that. And then the presidential election happened and COVID happened. We had another discussion in 2020 about maybe doing it then. And we couldn't do any door-to-door -door knocking, of course, because it was COVID. And how do we fundraise during COVID when everyone's out of work? And so there's this group that's been trying to push. And unfortunately, every time that they've been trying to bring it up, we've been explaining that really the circumstances are not conducive and we need to push it back some more. It's not a fun argument to make, but we've continued to need to make it. And then earlier this year, one of our city council members here in Lincoln did introduce what was revisions to Title 11 of our city code. They were extensive revisions, about 57 pages or so. Title 11 is the section of our city code that deals with anti-discrimination complaints. And what the city councilor did with these revisions was put in some stuff for people with disabilities, for racial minorities, for people with certain tribal affiliations, with active duty military that didn't have in-city code protections that were congruent with what federal law is. So she was trying to update some of these, this language in that part of our city code to match what federal law is on these things. And she included quote unquote fairness ordinance language. She included language that would also extend those protections to LGBT people. And how she did that was by changing the legal definition of sex and gender <clears throat> to include gender identity and sexual expression. And again, NFA went out and raised a petition drive and collected signatures. This time they got 18,501 signatures in 15 days, 15 days. And that was well above their required threshold. And then a couple weeks after that, a good friend of mine and a very valued member of our community in Lincoln committed suicide. And his decision to do that was largely influenced by the incredible organization of the NFA to be able to gather 18,501 signatures in 15 days matched with the reality that our city council had introduced this without raising any money and without organizing a campaign to go out and work for this. And we had some very extensive conversations with several members of the city council in the intervening months between Milo's passing and the city council's decision to rescind the Title 11 revisions. The Nebraska Stonewall Democrats passed a resolution supporting rescission of Title 11 because we did not have the money in the campaign to move forward in an earnest. And the Lancaster County Democrats passed a similar resolution. And in, I believe that it was the week of Lincoln's pride. The city council in Lincoln voted four to three to 
rescind those Title XI revisions. And then a week later, a group that's been calling themselves Let Lincoln Vote decided to mount another petition drive. This time, they are pro-LGBT. Many of them are members of that of our community, and they w- they very much want to put this issue up to a vote. And they're trying to gather signatures right now in Lincoln. Their threshold is very low. And if they get their threshold, they could force a vote on this issue in Lincoln this November. And myself and a group of 20 other LGBT-identified Lincoln residents signed a letter that was published in the Journal Star just a couple of days ago explaining our opposition to that Let Lincoln Vote petition effort and our opinion that doing this year is a basically a very bad idea and that we understand that this is painful for a lot of Lincolnites, especially people who are like us, who are in the LGBT plus umbrella and for people who call themselves our family and our friends and our allies. But we're a group of people who has extensive experience working on elections and on campaigns and who has pretty extensive experience working specifically on this issue in Lincoln. And it is our opinion that we are not in a position to go out and win this year. And if we hold a vote and lose, that could set a precedent in the city that that could mean not being able to address the issue again for years or potentially even decades. And I don't mean that to be hyperbolic. That's literal. If we do a fight like this, if we hold a vote on this without having the money and without having the campaign and we lose, we could, we could, that, that, that would be much more than just losing at the ballot box. That would set a precedent for the city of Lincoln. It could embolden bigots who would have a mandate then to act on their worst instincts. And it could be a long time before we could try and address the issue again. And yeah, I've been very long-winded about that explanation and what's been going on. I hope that people were able to follow along with that. Yeah, do you have any I think, questions? Yeah. Well, I think you did a great job. And I'm going to link all those articles as well so people can look through on their own and sure. get their good grasp of that. And if it's okay with you, I'll leave some contact information so people have any di- Absolutely. questions yeah, directly they can ask you. Um, so with the let Lincoln vote, your opposition makes a lot of sense. Based on your experience, when do you think it would be best to hold a vote that would be more sustainable for the long term? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion, the optimal time for the city of Lincoln to do this would be we hold our municipal elections in the spring. And the elections that we see our most natural high turnout is the spring elections directly after a presidential election. So the presidential election happens in November, and then that next spring, that municipal election in Lincoln is the one where we see the most naturally high turnout. And so that would be the optimal election to do something like this, if we could pick a time. But the real thing that's holding us back is a lack of funding at the moment. Now, the Nebraska Stonewall Democrats, the Lancaster County Democratic Party, we cannot raise money for a ballot initiative directly like that. 
we would be relying on either elected leaders to start an organization that would be able to collect checks to raise that money, or possibly they could raise it straight through their campaigns and say that they're earmarking a certain number of their dollars for this effort, or it could come from their war chests, which several of them have, or we could be setting up a pack and trying to do something that way. But what we need is in the neighborhood of two or $300,000 to hire about four to six central staff right off of the bat. And then those four to six people would be tasked with continuing to raise money another two to $300,000 for about an eight month campaign. So we're talking in the neighborhood of about five, six, $700,000-ish for about an eight month campaign and the necessity for about two to $300,000 of that to be raised before we could say that we were ready to go. And myself and others have been doing our best to try and explain that, that to our elected leaders and our community with varying degrees of success. But that's really the sticking point. It's not about what's the best date on the calendar. It's about when is the community going to get really serious about raising the money so that we can do this. Gotcha. So it sounds like you're being heard by elected officials, but there isn't quite yet the urgency, basically. Is that what I'm hearing? (sighs) I think that's maybe a fair way to put it, actually. Yeah, some elected officials are hearing us. And yes, I would say that at least in the time that I have been working on this, the last five or six-ish years here in Lincoln, yes, our elected leaders have heard that needs to happen, but the urgency to get that accomplished just hasn't really been there. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's a good nutshell. That's Yeah, that's basically what's been holding us back. Sometimes with these things, it, it it doesn't become urgent until it becomes <laughs> urgent. Yeah, so. that's true too. This is a Swing Left Nebraska news update. On September 20th, Lancaster County Election Commissioner Dave Shively determined initiative petitions to put the city's fairness ordinance on the November ballot were invalid because the petitions did not include a statement indicating whether petition circulators were paid or volunteer, as is required by state law, and as a result, he could not verify them. The initiative could still be considered for the city election ballot next spring. What's your bright spot? What gives you hope? Oh, that's a good question. I think I'll go back again to what I said at the beginning. I've worked with a lot of really incredible people, a lot of really incredible people at the local and the state and the federal level who have overcome a lot of adversity to get to the positions that they have and have created a whole lot of change. And I've seen it firsthand myself, which is a lot of what gives me inspiration to keep doing what I'm doing. I know their stories. I've spoken with them. I've seen how hard they've worked. I've seen them fail. And I've seen them get up and brush the dirt off their knees, as it were, and just keep going. And unfortunately, that's how it is in democracy. I've got the preamble to the Constitution tattooed on my back. It hurt a whole lot to go ahead and get that done. I love this country, and I love the Constitution, and I love democracy, but we've got a lot of problems. And existing in a democracy sometimes, a lot of times, most times, really sucks. It's just a ton of work. Everybody's got to vote. 
And we're working within a set of laws with checks and balances that are imperfect and creating the critical mass to get things changed takes a lot of work. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes decades. Sometimes it takes entire lifetimes. And the only way that things get done in societies like that, and the only way that those types of things have gotten done in this country is by a whole lot of people waking up every day and just doing the work. Absolutely. And the hard work. If you yeah. on the flip side, if you look at the GOP, I mean, they steadily fought to get Roe overturned for 50 years. Yes. So if yes, they can do exactly it right. slow but steady and make tons of money off fundraising over getting this overturned, if that can be done, we can do anything, which actually is another good segue. What? Yes, I was just about to say. <laughs> I was just about to say. What is your message to young voters who have never participated in elections, to people who are disengaged and maybe not just paying attention, they show up for the presidential election and don't really understand the importance of yeah. local elections, yeah. and then the disengaged, let's be perfectly honest, we have a a lot yeah. of our base is frustrated. I don't I don't give them an excuse, but yeah. because we have a couple dinos who are really making it hard to believe in democracy and uh, being yes. bears to so much progress, people yes. are just disengaged. We're watching Trump get away with everything in front of our eyes and we elected Biden to get we wanted accountability and it's not happening. So what is your message to those type of voters to get out there and show up? Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll be real honest with you. And sometimes this gets me in trouble. <laughs> I have a very deep frustration with people who say that voting is not worth it, who say that Democrats and Republicans are the same, who get frustrated when everything that they want doesn't happen in a single election and throw up their arms and say, what's the point? I have a, a very deep level of frustration with those people. And Basically, what I say to them is part of what you just said about the Republicans, right? Republican voters, the people who are against our rights in this country, do not get discouraged. They don't throw up their arms when a candidate that they don't particularly like gains a nomination. They understand that what matters is getting judges appointed to federal benches and to the Supreme Court. And they understand that getting societal change and changing things like Roe v. Wade, like marriage equality, like the Voting Rights Act, like civil rights takes a long time. It takes a concerted effort over several consecutive Congresses at the federal level, and it takes making sure that you have control of your state houses and senates so that when uh, redistricting comes up every 10 years, your party is in control of how the new districts are drawn, and your party is controlled on how voters are organized in precincts and districts in your state and in your city. So when Democrats complain about how could the Supreme Court do this? The reason that the Supreme Court did this, and I, th this is part of what gets me in trouble sometimes. Here we go. Here we go. Part of how the Supreme Court did this is because a whole bunch of well-meaning liberals threw up 
their arms in 2016 and decided that we had a candidate that they didn't think was perfect and they allowed Donald Trump to be elected president and he got three Supreme Court picks. And now because of that one election, because unfortunately our side of the political divide decided that voting wasn't important or that voting third party was an acceptable choice in that election, now we're going to have to work for decades. We're going to have to work for a generation, exactly like Republicans have done, to resecure Roe v. Wade. Great. If we end up in this midterm this year throwing up our arms again, if we allow Republicans to gain a majority in the Senate, if those two dinos that you mentioned are able to convince enough voters to think that it's not worth voting, we're going to set ourselves back even further. If we lose control of the House, we're going to set our ba ourselves back even further. And what that means in Nebraska, what that means for liberals in Nebraska, is you've got to get your butts to the poll and you have to cast a vote for Patty Panzing Brooks. You have to cast a vote for Tony Vargas. You have to cast a vote for Carol Blood. And you have to cast a vote for every single legislative candidate in your districts that has a D next to their name. And they don't have these next one to their names in, in our state. Go online, pull out your phone, figure out who the Democrat is and go vote for that person. Even if it's a person that you personally dislike, go vote for that person. And the only way that we're going to make sure that we secure abortion access in Nebraska is to not, we cannot lose one seat. We cannot lose one. We have to secure every single incumbent Democrat that is running. Every single one this year, if we lose one seat, we could lose abortion access in Nebraska in our next legislative session. That's how real it is. And if we lose one seat in the Senate, in the federal Senate, we could, Republicans could codify that abortion is illegal. They could put it into law, let alone, let alone a Supreme Court decision. They could put it into law which would set us, that would make it things even more difficult. My message to apathetic voters, to young voters who are disappointed that we don't have perfect candidates in every single race, my message to people who think that voting third party is acceptable, my message to people who say that the Democratic and the Republican parties are the same is get your heads out of your butts. That's my message. Get your heads out of your butts, go register and vote in every election. I want to put that on a bumper sticker. I don't know if it'd be too many words. Get your <laughs> Probably would be a lot too many words. I'll give it a go. But, you know, you summed it up perfectly. I feel like if you step out, you have your pity party and cry and tantrum. You're literally giving a vote to the party who is trying to strip away your rights and succeeding. Everything. So I, I have a rule. If I know anyone that didn't vote and they try to get on like social media and whine and complain or come to me, you get the hand because uh-uh, you don't get a voice because you didn't show up to the ballot. So I don't got time for your opinion right now because you know what you needed to know. Maybe that will get me into trouble too. I don't care. Go vote. Go vote. Do it. Yeah. Stop asking us to hold your hands and go vote. I will drive you. Yeah. So what are some ways that folks listening can get involved and what kind of things what kind of things you have available for people statewide who are interested in getting involved with the Stonewall Democrats? 
Oh, yeah. If you can contact the Nebraska Democratic Party through our webpage, right? And you can ask to be con- connected with whatever caucus chair you would like to. I, of course, am the chair of the Nebraska Stonewall Caucus, and you could go through us that way. I would recommend that any LGBT person in Nebraska get involved with your county Democratic Party, show up to monthly meetings, and throw a vote into your county party apparatus, make sure that your voice is heard. The only way that LGBT people will get more of a seat at the table, a bigger seat at the table in the state party is if more of us show up. And the best way to start getting involved in the state Democratic Party is to get involved with your county Democratic Party. So go ahead and seek them out and show up. And for most county Democratic parties, all you got to do is be a registered Democrat and show up to a couple of meetings and boom, you're a part of the party. Yeah. And that's where local decisions are made. That's where local democratic candidates go to, to find support and volunteers and messaging and employees for their campaigns. And that's how you get involved. And yeah. Well, this has been an absolute blast, Natalie. It's been great getting to know you. I loved learning about the work that you are doing and the work of the Nebraska Stonewall Democrats. That was awesome. I loved chatting with Natalie. And you heard her. Get your head out of your butt. Register to vote by October 21st online and October 28th in person. Vote early. Vote in person. Vote by mail. I'm going to just assume if you are listening to this podcast, you know this. So it's time to step it up. Don't just vote volunteer. Head to swingleftnebraska.com to find out how you can join the fight. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go. Ready, set, go. Get ready to go.